What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPCN Podcast, the world's first and longest running podcast about all things Amazon advertising, tips, tricks, and strategies to make your Amazon advertising life a little bit easier and a little bit more profitable. Today on the show, I am joined by a good friend of mine, an amazing Amazon entrepreneur, e-commerce entrepreneur, really, uh, which we'll get into the distinction of what those two things mean, Gonzo Martinez, uh, way down there in sunny Miami. Uh, he's going to talk to us about a really interesting concept uh, that, and some practices around that concept to really understand your full potential in any market that you're playing in. I really, really enjoy this one. If you're new to the show, we have a big old spreadsheet, uh, Google Sheet that you can download that categorizes and uh, sorts all of our episodes. If you're looking for the SEO episodes, you can find those easily and listen to them in a order uh, because we've, of course, been podcasting for so long. I hope you'd enjoyed this one. Uh, have a good one, and I'll see you inside the Badger Den. Let's go. I've launched campaigns and picked keywords. I've got my bits set placements too. Now bad mistakes I've made a few I've had my share of bright keywords But I've got through We are the PPCD, my friends And we'll keep up the rising Gonza, what's up? Thanks for coming on the PPC Den podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, it's been a long time waiting for this. How are things in Miami? Things are good. Um, the weather is dropping because we're entering uh, winter, and um, by that I mean it's in the seventies, which is very <laughs> pleasant. And the humidity is down, so we're, we're not drenched when we leave the house or car. Um, it's the best time, and people are starting flooding, you know, from. Yep from cold states so, yeah it's a time for difficult dinner reservations there you go yeah that's the season uh, can i give you can i start the show with a compliment absolutely they're always welcome <laughs> you know i talk to hundreds of amazon sellers every year and i want to say that i'm really impressed with the caliber of you as an amazon seller I think, and I hope that people glean from this episode, your really 30,000 foot view of what it means to be selling in e-commerce uh, in 2023, 2024 and beyond. I think you have a really keen sense of like, I'm not just going to be, you know, an FBA or on the side, but I'm really going to be an entrepreneur in the Amazon space. And I think that's given you really good perspectives into a lot of different things, like especially yeah. what, with what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so I really do hope that if someone's an Amazon seller, you know, get, trying to gain foothold, that they really listen closely to this episode because I think you've really you've really done it. 
you know, you, you've, you've really done it. And maybe you can maybe tell people more about your background yeah. uh, and your uh, Amazon. I think it's yeah. probably, um, first of all, thank you very much for that. Um, I think the, the main difference is that I started this journey later in my life and I, I've done other things. Um, what I feel about the space that we're in, um, I have a lot of pride um, about what has happened in the space. I see young people becoming entrepreneurs out of thin air, which is amazing because it takes courage and takes um, resolve. And I always, always value that in people in general. But it's a new industry. A lot of people grew with the industry. Uh, someone that's a little bit older, like myself, has the advantage, maybe. Um, and I'm trying to be humble about it. But if, if you hit your head against the wall before, then you come into this industry with a little bit more like uh, being a little bit more street smart, if you will, in, in, in business. And you see it as a business instead of from within, you see it from outside. And one thing that I've always uh, thought about the space is that you need to be, I was, it, for me, it was a race against time, um, against the, the clock to become more than an FBA seller. I realized that there's, there's this potential out there. There are buyers, some of them buy on Amazon, most of them buy on Amazon. Amazon is a space where uh, it's demand based. Someone is typing a, a, a product. It's people are people are trying to buy a product. That's what they're looking for. And although Amazon is creating more and more vehicles to allow people to be exposed to products, even if they're not trying to buy them, let's face it. And we see it in the ad console. Our our um, sponsor product ads are the ones that sell the most product right? Because it's a demand-based platform. But there's a world out there and I see a lot of people with amazing ideas and th those ideas, don't they're not searched for on Amazon. And therefore, they, they either don't make it because they want to become Amazon sellers or they just give up. And it's a shame because if you, if you know how to market product outside of Amazon to the general population out there through your DTC site or even other platforms, you would, you would kill it. And, and we've seen, you know... Um, I don't know. I, I can't think of examples now, uh, but we, we, I've seen this many, many times and some of those becoming unicorns, you know? So I feel there's potential to create e-commerce brands, whole brands, brands that people love, you know, that create raving fans. Um, Amazon might not be the best avenue for that. So for me, it's been a race against the clock to become more than an Amazon FBA seller. That was always the urge. And now maybe thankfully the market is going that way so it's kind of pushing we we now feel the need instead of the maybe well it would be great to become no now you have to because you know all this traffic that comes from outside of amazon makes your life on amazon so much easier in terms of ranking and um and things like that so my my advice has always been become a brand if you have a great brand that people are looking for and products are looking for and and they're buying, do that. And the other side of that is that this fraction opportunity-based brands that sell, you know, me too products, we're seeing that from an advertising perspective and, you know, CPC inflation and costs, uh, fees and all of that. It's harder. It's harder. It's, it's harder to start a company. Um, those of us that have helped people start companies, I, I remember people would put $5,000 into a, a brand on Amazon and it would take off. Now that number changed. It, it's, it's a lot more expensive. The initial investment that you have to, to make is much higher. Mm -hmm. 
and these companies are not as successful because it's there's saturation everywhere. I haven't used tools to uh, identify products lately, but uh, how many good opportunities are out there? Maybe not much, you know, not too many because it's 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 hard. So becoming a whole brand, it's way more difficult because there's a lot more skills or you need to hire a lot more people. But it's the only way to go if you are to survive, I think, in the next three, three, four years. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And, you know, too, I think the very best e-commerce entrepreneurs, and I've been talking to them for the last 10 plus years, are really sharp brand builders. Like they understand brand and feel and what it's going to look like and feel and mm -hmm. specifically who my customer is and what I'm going to give that customer. There's that side of it. And the other side of it is analyzing the heck out of everything in spreadsheets and knowing the numbers and like understanding where traffic comes from and being really analytical. Um, and I feel like you, you are that you, you do have those skills. So before we get into our topic today, I'm just curious, like, you know, understanding the brand side of it, of like building a really strong brand, but the, the balance with understanding the numbers, you know, uh, for our community together, core community, uh, you're working on a presentation and I've seen you do it before. You combined search term impression share data, Helium 10 data, and the search query performance report data into this incredible spreadsheet, a spreadsheet unlike any other spreadsheet I've seen people present on. Because it was like, yeah, like search, search term impression share data gives you certain things like how many times something was searched and what your share of those impressions was. Uh, search query performance report gives you all kinds of data, like what your click share was and what your conversion share was based off the searches. Uh, and then Helium 10 data gives you information about like ranking and yeah. its approximation of searches. And you created the spreadsheet for one of your products that was crazy. And I'm curious like where that came from. And like, if someone's listening to this and like, I would have no idea how to even begin to go down that path to become like a numbers-based e-commerce entre e entrepreneur, as well as a brand-based entrepreneur, sort of combining that yin and yang. What advice do you have for people who are like, are, you know, maybe they feel overwhelmed with spreadsheets right now? Yeah. Oh, I wish I wish I had a <laughs> good news for those people. The ones are overwhelmed with spreadsheets. I, um, that, the, the one... Tool Get used that to you it. just mentioned was, <laughs> yeah was an, an attempt to combine the data that we feel as you said you have the Amazon PPC right you have all that data which is plenty it's it's more than we can we can master and more than we can um, stomach sometimes and then you have all this other data which is the market data and and you have to you have to combine them in your head you, you have to go through it in your head in, in order to make decisions and that's kind of the topic of the um of the conversation today mm -hmm. but that tool came from the need of okay i need to see it on the screen i, I can't have seven reports open or six reports open and and, and toggle through them to mm -hmm. see you know this data for the same keyword it's hard it takes a lot of time and it makes it it makes it very confusing. So we we combine it on a single row. You can see yeah. you just move columns, and you can see for the same search term, um, different data from different tools. Um, and it's it's just it's a it's an Excel sheet. It's nothing. We we want to create something API connected at some point. I think a lot of sellers want to do that or go that right uh, route. We don't have the the bandwidth internally to do it. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the result of me trying to be these two things that you mentioned, you know, the, the brand builder, entrepreneur and the data 
cruncher. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the bad news is that you have to be both, I think. You, you could, this is like dieting, diet and exercise when, for your workouts, what's important. And I had uh, this trainer that said, uh, building, I mean, being healthy and building a, a good physique, if that's what you're going for, it's 100% diet and 100% exercise. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I, wanted, I wanted better news, but that's what it was. This is the same thing. If you really want to be successful, building a very successful brand like, I don't know, uh, $1, uh, $1 um, Shave Club and those mm -hmm. unicorns, you have to be 100% at both. You can't choose. Yeah. You can survive with 60, 80. Uh, some people are 0% brand entrepreneurs are making yeah. millions of dollars on Amazon. Uh, so, so there's, pr there's proof out there that you can survive on either, but if you, if you had good skills on both, for sure, your life will be easier and your chances for success would be higher. Big time. So let's jump into the yeah. meat of the episode here as I play the transition music. So when I asked you what you wanted to talk about today, you told me this really interesting story of sort of two Amazon marketers that are launching a product. Uh, and one of them launches a product. They set up their campaigns in some way. They launch the campaigns and then they wait for data to roll in and they wait some more and they wait some more. And then maybe they're good at optimizing the data once it rolls in or not. Mm -hmm. And then another Amazon marketer who does things differently, describe this other Amazon marketer and like what they do differently and, and why sometimes just waiting around for data to roll in isn't as effective as this other scenario that you're about to describe. Okay. Um, I would say the, the marketing, as a marketer, the marketing term for it is like the, the optimizer or the PPC manager that can read the future. Mm -hmm. That would be like, because normally you're waiting for data. The person A waits for data to roll in. Uh, I can describe a lot of different scenarios there because sometimes the data does roll in, sometimes it doesn't. So a lot could happen, but let, let's say data does flow and it's coming in and the person is good optimizing it. So that, that would be our first um, scenario. What I feel happens a lot of times is that this data is rolling in and the person is taking mental images, photos of this data every single day, and then compares that as a bunch, another photo of maybe seven days or 15 days and it doesn't, the person does not understand how, how the video, how to watch this as if it was a movie, right? And in terms of, okay, this is what's happening every single day at, the, at a certain bid placement, right? This is what the, the data is showing. It could be that the campaign is heating up, uh, therefore more in-person are coming every day, but the person does not understand what to do in the future with the data that it's being collecting, it's being collected on, on those campaigns. The option B, the other optimizer is the one that says, okay, this is what I want to happen in the future based on the data that I get today. Instead of watching this as a photo, I'm gonna watch this as a movie and I'm gonna write the script. I'm gonna tell this data what I want it um, to do, right? So if those impressions are coming, let me drive those impressions into placements that I think have a higher chance to convert, right? Let's continue to have more impressions, even if it has, if, if they come from product pages, that's fine, that, that does wonders uh, to the campaign if it's new. But let's start driving this impression north, right? To the rest of search or, or um, 
top of search, especially now that we can, we have, most of us have access to rest of search uh, modifiers. So the person that is able to do that and disregards ACOS, just, just focuses on shifting this trap, this, um, I don't want to call it traffic because it's not traffic yet. Um, this coming impressions, this volume of impressions, shift them towards placements where they do become traffic. At launch, that's what you want. You want traffic to your listing, even if it doesn't convert in the first few days. And then eventually push those, push that traffic uh, through the purchase of impressions into the placements that have higher chances of conversion. That, that, that design of what you want in the future, I think only a few people do it. It's not hard. The, the one that's a good optimizer based on the past can do this very quickly, very easily, but it's not, for some reason, it's not um, common practice because we're all very reactive when it comes to PPC. We look at past data and we act on it instead of saying, okay, what, what would happen at $7 or $6 in this placement or this other placement? And then create a log file where you say, well, this is what I think will happen. Wait a couple of days and see if that's what happened or not. And then if not, revert back to where you were. Many things can, I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's, it's easy to say, but it's harder to implement. But I think that that's the difference. That's where I see, especially at launch, that's where I see the difference between these two, let's say, personalities, right? It's almost like we're asking the question, like, if I were to have a successful launch, if mm -hmm. this product was the number one in its category, uh, if this product, you know, was the number one in my market, what would the composition of my keyword traffic look like? Like, what would it look like in order for me to be the number one in the spot? You know, this is the destination I'm aiming for, as opposed yeah. to looking inside your campaign, like, let me make this better, let me make this better. But you could miss what the overall opportunity is. Like, what is the biggest opportunity? Like, operating as if success were inevitable, like, why not, why don't we go for these, you know, this composition of traffic because mm -hmm. this composition of traffic would put me in the number one position yeah. for the market. So I guess like, how do you figure out, you know, like what are the practical steps of sort of understanding the destination? Like how do we find the destination? Uh, like how do we leave the ad console and then go into different reports or different tools that will tell us like, that'll help us figure out what the destination is. Like if I were to be number one in this market, I would have XYZ factors. And in order to discover those factors, I should go look at reports, like what reports or what tools tell me to figure out what the destination even is. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I feel that if you spend your time, um, if all of you, all, all you do is spending your time in, on, on the Amazon advertising console, you're like, you're doing like forensic medicine. You're acting something that passed, you know, uh, in the past and you're acting on it. So there's Amazon doesn't give you, Amazon advertising doesn't give you any of this information, doesn't tell you anything about the market and doesn't give you information about which are the keywords that sell the most in your niche. So you need to find that elsewhere. The amount of time I would say that you need to spend out, out of, outside of the uh, advertising console in order to be successful at advertising is maybe 30% of your time, maybe even more. Um, Amazon has great tools now, which, for the older, the older people in the room, we didn't have this two, two, three years ago. The Product Opportunity Explorer, that's a great tool that keeps expanding. Um, then you have the Search Query Performance Report uh, that wasn't there before, it's now, and now it's downloadable, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and it keeps expanding. Uh, 
Then you have tools, third-party tools, um, some of which are, are great, like DataRoba um, does it, Celerize, I think, does it. Helium 10, I'm not sure, but they give you also the amount of sales per search term within a category. Uh, and if you're a little savvy, I'm not, but I have, thank God I, got, I have uh, people in my team that are very good with spreadsheets. If you can build pivot tables with this, like the one you, you mentioned before that we do, then you have a clear idea, okay, this is where... Uh, sales are coming from. Helium 10 and a lot of these other um, softwares that, that we use give you search volume. And we are very inspired by search volume when it comes to hitting, hitting keywords and advertising on them. But search volume doesn't mean purchases. Sometimes, sometimes people do search for, for, for keywords and they end up buying something else and that attribution is done uh, in, in a way that Amazon continues to offer that search term in the, the dropdown in the search bar. So it continues to be the one that's the, that searched the most, but not the one that's purchased the most. So understanding what's driving sales and what's driving traffic, right? And intent, which is the add to carts. You have tools that report and Amazon does it too in the opportunity uh, product opportunity explorer has this, the search term, uh, query performance report does it. You have either numbers or absolutes, or you have percentages uh, like share, add to cart share, click share, um, uh, purchase share, and, and stuff like that. So you understand the products are um, searched for, they have an intent to purchase, and they're actually purchased. And that happens, all, all of that happens outside of the adver advertising console. Mm -hmm. So you have to go there, become this brand entrepreneur have an intention. Okay, I'm going to establish myself in this niche. These are the keywords that are driving the niche. I'm going to advertise on these keywords. I'm going to measure my conversion rate related to uh, my competitors to see if Amazon will at, at some point grant me ranking juice on this and, and I can position my product. And then try to establish um, a good, I, I would say an efficient way of, of um, advertising, which is not trying to hit every single keyword in existence because once you go through this exercise, you realize that 90% of the volume of sales come from, comes from uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 keywords. Mm -hmm. So if you're advertising on those, you're converting well, you're ranking organically on those, and I'll, I'll give you my opinion on organic ranking in a second, then you're okay. Then the rest, I, I would destine the rest of my budget to not uh, sponsor products, but to other, other uh, phases of the buyer purchase, uh, of the customer purchase, you know, going, going out and capture attention, capture, capture awareness and conservation. Um, and, and that's better use of your money. And Amazon loves it, by the way, when you do that. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing that I want to say is that, uh, of course, being number one matters, but we've discussed this um, with you, Mike, a lot of times that if you... Consider that 60, 70%, depending on, on the season, of the sales are mobile. And you consider that the first two scrolls on mobile, the first two screens that you see are 70% advertising, right? Ranking first, second, or third, I'm not saying it's the same. Of course, ranking first and having that badge, um, bestseller badge, for example, or, or um, top pick for the keyword, that matters. Uh, probably more now than never, uh, than, than ever, but it's not as important as before. If you manage to be on the top 10 or top six 
I guess get gets you more more sales combined with the very good and efficient advertise top of search advertising strategy I think that you win and, and you convert if you convert and you're able to create generate profits and, and stay within your profit targets uh, I think that's a way to go today and that has changed yeah. you know there was an interesting I, I talked to someone recently that that you know they were launching a product and they said look at this competitor in the industry, we have a better product than them and they generate like $1.2 million a year in sales mm. for that product. And I was like, okay. And I feel like the next question that they should ask is like, well, what is the composition of their traffic that gives them that $1.2 million? Yeah. And then you could begin to say, okay, like if they have that composition of traffic, our product maybe differs slightly in this way. So like our composition isn't going to be exactly copy paste, but like there's going to be some similar elements of that traffic and by using some of these tools that you, you know we've mentioned on the show that you've just mentioned you begin to understand their composition of traffic and you could begin to sort of say okay like that's the destination that we're trying to get to like that's the composition of the traffic mm-hmm. that they're at and you would never really learn that if you're only inside the ad console and and right. this is this is probably my biggest evolution as a marketer over the last sort of you know, 36 months was like, oh yeah, Amazon has evolved so much. And the same thing happened on Google, right? Like on Google ads, you could sort of get away for a very long time being just inside the Google ads console. But then like, you know, you can send traffic to a lead generation page, but like you should know the good qualities of a good lead generation page. Mm. Um, You know, your traffic is only good as like the page that it lands on. And here it's like your advertising is only good as like your understanding of the market. So I think that's been really uh, powerful for me to evolve over the years. And I think it's just going to become more and more important that, you know, you, you know, yes, you need to be very technical, but at the same time, you know, just like we said, you need to like know numbers very well. And that's like, know the technical marketing of PPC optimization, but at the same time, you need to understand the overall brand landscape and understand like the composition of the top competitors traffic, uh, understand go even further, understand the composition of those product pages and how they fit into the market and identify those things that, you know, really it's just like finding compositions of traffic. And when I say that, I mean, you know, keywords that, yeah, lead to the most sales and then shape your strategy around those things. And you can never really learn that if you're just inside the ad console. Yeah. Yeah. And if you take this uh, a, like a level higher then it's Amazon as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to where this conversation started, this all happens within Amazon. The, the, the purchase event happens within Amazon, but this traffic composition, as you said, could be coming from exter- external sources, right? Um, and when I say could, maybe I should change that to must. It, it, it should, or it should. It should be have. It should be coming also from external sources, mm-hmm. because Amazon rewards it, loves it, um, helps you rank, even if the traffic doesn't convert um, with, within reason. Mm-hmm. And and that takes you to that higher level of okay, understand what's going on in Amazon, the the, the buttons that you can press to make this better, more efficient, and generate more sales, but at the same time, understand, um, I, I think we need to create a different model for even unit economics when it comes to our products, because at the end of the day, I, I, I always have this dream. I'm not there yet, but the, the dream that at some point in my journey, uh, the, the one console that I would be using to see if the product, how the product is doing is QuickBooks, 
right? Mm-hmm. That, that would be my dream. That's Where the get, dream. Because it becomes, when you talk to, once you leave the Amazon sphere and you start talking to people that have DTC sites and also sell of Amazon, on, on Amazon, they are super, a lot of them struggle to even attribute sales, right? And they have softwares that help them, but they, they still have some error, right? So at the end of the day, you just, you need to be creating awareness and, 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 and noise out there. Sales will come. The dream that I have is that most of my Amazon sale, sales might not even be coming from what I'm doing on Amazon. That would be a, a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Um, once you step off, uh, you put your, your, your feet outside of Amazon, you start doing generating traffic outside. Uh, even if intentionally you're bringing the traffic to Amazon, or maybe not. My dream is that the one that I'm not intending to convert within Amazon starts converting within Amazon, you know? That, that, I think that's the point where everything you're doing converges into a single point. Uh, people that look for the product on Amazon decide not to buy anything or add a few, added a few products to cart and then left the, I don't know, they, had, they, they were in a rush, they decided not to purchase. Then a couple of days later, because of you pixel them somewhere or you're just running mm-hmm. um, ads on Facebook or TikTok, you convert the sale either on Amazon or something else. I think that's the future of the Amazon seller. Uh, which obviously become, become the next, I, I would say the next step for an Amazon seller is to um, cease to exist as an Amazon seller and become a, a brand owner, an mm-hmm. e-commerce brand owner, a digital brand owner. That's kind mm-hmm. of the goal, I think, to survive, right? And to grow. Let's end it there. That's great. Uh, Gonzo, thank you so much for sharing this perspective. I know that it's definitely going to, again, continue my own evolution down this path of really understanding it's not just, you can't only optimize bids and keywords and campaign structure inside advertising. You really benefit, you do all of those things better if you have mm-hmm. a better sense of the market. Yeah. Um, you know, for a long time, uh, I think a good PPCer could say, I don't even need to know what the product is. I don't even need to know what the market is doing. Like, I'm going to get in the campaigns and make them better. And you can absolutely can. do that without yeah, even absolutely. knowing, you know, like you can optimize an account that's in a language you don't understand just by the very nature of absolutely the levers to pull on. But yeah. the next evolution beyond that and you will see results doing it that way, uh, just being active and, and diligent inside ad campaigns, looking at reports and optimizing what you see in those reports. Mm-hmm. But like the next evolution is, you know, okay, I'm optimizing what I have, but what is, what is the ideal scenario here? Uh, like what are the very best people in the industry doing? Like how do I become th- my own best, highest potential yeah. in the market that I'm advertising you, you, in? You, you tapped uh, – one thing you just said uh, – mm-hmm. And, and this could be advice or maybe food for thought for your viewers. Yeah. If, if you're not performing at that level, as you said, you can even optimize campaigns in Russian, German or whatever, not Russian, but German, right? Yeah, you could do that. And, and then what you're, you're not, obviously you're not performing at your top potential, but you still have a business and you might be a very good business. So if you don't if you don't work at this potential, you're missing out. That's one scenario. But what happens if everyone else in your category is performing at that potential? The the you're missing out might turn into you disappear. Yep. They get all of your business and you're out of business. So th- this is what I feel it's important to start playing at a higher level because I feel I can sense 
uh, maybe it's age too. I can sense that the market is moving in that direction. I can see how much harder it is. And I can see competitors that I, I've tracked for a number of years. Um, I see them elsewhere. I see them outside of Amazon. I see them on social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so everyone is going in that direction. If you don't, then it's not just missing out. You might disappear. Big time. Yeah. I can't. T- so uh, I've been involved in a lot of Google ads to Amazon campaigns. And typically we'll, we'll run it to five ASINs. Mm-hmm. And generally we see ranking increases on 80% of the ASINs within a month, 80% of ASINs get a better ranking. And then, uh, you know, that, that's one of them, you know, seems to stay where it is. It almost yeah. seems stuck, but like 80%, like improve ranking on 80%. And there's still people that are like, they hem and haw about running Google ads to Amazon. I'm just like, well, people are, and people are seeing yeah. good results. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, you know, I, Understanding, so like if you even zoom out even further, like we talked about the composition of traffic on Amazon, but like the composition of traffic for an e-commerce brand is way beyond just Amazon advertising. Absolutely. So Absolutely. beginning to incorporate those other elements and you know, we here on the show talk about those other elements that are you know, similar to running Amazon PPC, like running Google ads uh, to your Amazon listing. It's just, it's just going to continue to evolve that way. Um, and you with it because you're... you're, you're- you're the man or the woman behind this. This is your child, your brainchild is your dream, right? And you evolve with it. So if you're able and willing to explore these other uh, business models or these, these other um, platforms, you evolve as mm-hmm. a person. And, and then it has to be in line with what you want as well. Yeah. Maybe some people don't want to evolve to that level, but I think um, I, I strongly suggest that people do take those routes. It takes time takes the same amount of time that it took for you to become a good Amazon seller to become anything else that you want to become. So maybe, maybe a little shorter because of experiences that are cumulative, right? But um, yeah, it's it's the, the way to go, I feel. Awesome, Gonza. Uh, last question I have for you is, what's a book recommendation that you think was influential for yourself as an entrepreneur? Um, the one that I read... Um, that really, I, I can't say it changed my life, but it really, really changed the way I, I move through life. Unfortunately, it's not, I don't know why they don't translate it to English. It's only in Portuguese and it's called um, uh, The Power of Action. It's, it's by a guy called, what's his name? Um, Paulo Vieira, The Power of Action. But it, it, if I can summarize the book in a few words, it's just about how, how action, not intention, and not how action is crucial for evolution. And you need to, anything that you dream and everything that you want to become has to be put in an actionable plan that's sustainable, that's achievable, that's big enough to move you, but not huge for you to never, never. I mean, it's, it's very, um, it sounds cliche because we hear this every single day. Um, but that, that's the one that taught me this many years ago um, and, and put me in a, really changed my mindset about, okay, what, what, what is it that I want to achieve by when, how big or, or small is my dream? Is it achievable? Do I have what it takes? If not, what, what is it that I have to go and, and learn uh, to make it happen? So yeah. good, good news in 2019, they translated it to English. So there you go. Now I can uh, Gonza, thank you so much for joining us today on the PPC Den podcast. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll talk to you in in core. Our Absolutely. Pleasure is mine. Thank you. Alrighty, have a good one. You too.